Hello, I'm Derek S. McGrath. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm recording this on Wednesday, March 15th, 2023. Welcome back to another audio commentary as I continue going through the newest season of Bungo Stray Dogs. Last time we looked at Season 4, Episode 10 of Bungo Stray Dogs, Episode 47 overall. Today we're doing audio commentary for Season 4, Episode 11, Episode 48 overall, titled Jailbreak. These audio commentaries are available after the newest Bungo Stray Dogs episode airs, that being on Wednesday for any patrons at the $5 tier at patreon.com slash Derek S. McGrath. And then these commentaries are made public and free starting the Tuesday after to watch on YouTube or listen via the podcast RSS link in the description. There is also a spoiler warning for all of Bungo Stray Dogs, and I do mean all of it, up to chapter 106 of the Bungo Stray Dogs manga. And spoiler warning, during the audio commentary, I'm going to spoil the ending of DuckTales 2017 and the ending of the new Puss in Boots, The Last Wish movie. So yeah, if you don't want to hear those parts, pretty much don't listen to the very end of the audio commentary since that's when I get into those spoilers. The audio commentary begins at around the 14 minutes, 0 seconds marker. What have I seen so far this episode? Kadokawa released a teaser trailer on Monday, March 13, 2023, and it spoils something that was kind of already spoiled, but not exactly. Ogre is alive. I know this should not surprise me, not only as a manga reader, but as someone watching this anime, and yet it is still a surprise, and at least for me, exposes a flaw to this story, including its original presentation in the manga. Why am I bothered at how we are revealing that Ogre is alive? Let's go in order of what we have seen of Ogre. We wrap up Season 4, Episode 5 with the sound through a radio of Ogre getting shot at by Gogol. Now, granted, we don't see a corpse, so I'm not saying it's cheap to suddenly show Ogre survived. Then we see in Episode 6, Ogre bruised, battered, and beaten, likely tortured for information, and as punishment for giving information to Rompo. But that's not an indication he would live through this. He looks pretty badly damaged. I think I had said in an earlier episode, though, that of course Ogre would be kept alive, not only because he's an appealing character, you want to keep him alive, but because it makes sense within the narrative structure of the story. His skill is too powerful for Theodore and the Decay of the Angel to let him just disappear. That then opens the question of what's going to happen in today's episode, because spoilers, Ogre is going to lead the Decay of the Angel and go on to join Atushi and Ango's plan. So, so much for keeping him alive. Maybe Theodore shouldn't have let him survive if he was just going to escape anyway. I also understand that the story has to keep him alive so that we understand that he's the one who turned off his ability so that Dazai's crimes could be exposed so that Dazai and the agency could then be arrested. But here's the part that throws me. Atushi assuming Ogre is still alive and that they need to bring him in to help clear the agency. 
That is too much for me. Maybe I'm forgetting a line of dialogue, but not even Kyoka says, hey, wait a minute, Oguri might be dead. I don't mind the story letting us know that no one really believes Oguri is dead, but I still want the story to acknowledge that. Like, this is a rare chance where hanging a lampshade would make sense, where Atsushi is so brimming with optimism, saying Oguri could still be alive. Meanwhile, Kyoka is more cynical, and then the two of them just drop the topic because this is just the kind of world they live in, based on what they have witnessed. Not only that, characters like Atushi and Yosano can recover from fatal injuries, but they saw Shibusawa in the Dead Apple film come back to life. In the novel, 55 Minutes, Dazai is killed and then resuscitated just in time. And like I just said, Yosano can literally resurrect herself. This isn't out of bounds for these two characters to just shrug it off, but if anything, Studio Bones could have made that into an awkwardly placed gag that I think I would have enjoyed more than the other awkwardly placed gags this season. If you just had a gag of Atushi and Kyoka saying, hey, wait a minute, does it really make sense for a character to just survive a fatal injury before the two of them realize... Yeah, we've seen enough other characters do that, so we're just going to drop in and go try to find Okuri. Nevertheless, this all exposes the larger problem. These feel like resurrections done for the sake of keeping characters around, which, well, duh, of course, Okuri is too much fun to just have him remain dead. But we saw Tachihara in the previous episode stab Hirotsu and Gin, and yet we will see them alive and well later or rather, alive and well later, healing in hospital beds. My point is, it all feels like this is making death cheap. We saw Hirotsu and Gin horribly injured, and yet they'll survive. We saw Kunikita blown up, and yet he's going to survive. We saw Yosano presumably get shot, and yet she's going to survive. I went over this in the previous audio commentary that the likelihood Kunikida, Tanazaki, Rampo, and Fukuzawa, all who are in mortal danger right now as of chapter 106, the idea that they will die in that manga arc is low, just given how they can be resurrected so easily by Yosano's ability once Yosano shows up, they're healed. Unless the point is that Yosano is too late, and that then gives her angst and propels her character to accept that she can't save everyone. That's a lesson I don't think this series has grappled with, that Yosano's survivor's guilt has not been mitigated by her work done at the agency. She still thinks she can save every member of the agency, and maybe for her to get beyond... This trauma of the war is to accept that even as a doctor, she's not going to be able to save everyone, even her own teammates. We saw how hard she tried to save Tachihara's brother. We saw her debate against Motojiro in season one when he was trying to kill everyone, and she defiantly said, you don't take that this lightly. And now here we are where she is so desperate to save the agency that she is willing to die for them, which also opens up another problem. Her ability heals her at once upon activation. Is she functionally immortal to any attempt to execute her? I mean, if she was beheaded, 
I guess that wouldn't work. I don't think she can regenerate limbs. And it's also been established in the manga her ability can't heal some internal injuries, such as, say, cancer or lung disease. But, you know, in this manga, I'm sure it won't be relevant lung disease. I mean, it's not like you have a character in this manga with a failed diagnosis and who happens to have had coughing fits ever since the first episode when he was introduced blowing up a police station. <laughs> Please pray for Otukagawa. Let me get back to an earlier point. This is why making drastic changes in adaptation is not the worst idea. We already saw in this preview for today's episode that Ogre is still alive, so Ogre getting shot by Gogol was as pointless as Tachihara shooting Yosano when Yosano can just heal herself, assuming she can heal faster than he can shoot bullets. I mean... Again, going back to the novel 55 Minutes, one of the light novels that has canon and Bungo Stray Dogs, they make a point that Dazai can die, that will turn off his ability so he stops negating other people's abilities, and it'll turn off his ability within so many seconds after he is dead, and then you have a countdown clock from the time when he is dead to resuscitate him without him suffering irreversible damage that leaves him fatally injured. So, does Yosano heal as soon as the injury is fatal, or could someone deliver a fatal injury and her body doesn't automatically heal itself? Now that I thought about this for the last week, this just makes the cliffhanger of Tachihara shooting Yosano even more pointless, just like Ogre's revival seems that pointless. This is why I would have enjoyed if the anime in adaptation made drastic changes. We don't need these cliffhangers of, will Kunikita survive? Will Yosano survive? When the set of already presented answers the question for us, where within a week you're thinking, hey, wait a minute, Yosano gained shot wound, kill her. Hey, wait a minute, we still never saw Ogre's corpse, so how we know he's dead? They just seem like weird choices. I wish that there was a way to create more mystery. That you honestly are debating, is Ogre alive instead of showing his battered bloody body, and instead you think the reason Dazai's getting arrested is because Ogre is indeed dead and his ability turned off, and that's how the cops were able to get evidence to arrest Ogre. I would like it if we kept the mystery going about whether Fitzgerald is going to betray the agency and only reveal he didn't once Yosano and Atushi realize, based on everything we see, there's no way Fitzgerald betrayed us, so that means someone else informed to the hunting dogs and the mafia what is going on. And I think we could suspend the mystery about Yosano getting shot instead of that being a cliffhanger that, as we're probably going to see in today's episode or the next one, just gets resolved with, yeah, Yosano's still alive, but they're going to execute her anyway. All of this, I guess, rewards the audience for catching on to things that you realize Yosano's in no danger of getting shot at because she'll heal immediately. But it also makes the audience realize these are just tricks on the audience. These are distractions. This is a magician's trick. It removes a sense of trust in the story and it makes me feel like it's treating the audience like it's ignorant, like it's dumb and can't figure this out. 
Unfortunately, that means I am going into this episode with a more negative mindset. I don't want to ignore some of the cool details we are going to get in this episode. We get Ogre back, which is always good. We're going to focus on his lingering guilt about killing his best friend. We get Kyoka getting more and more animated as she gets more and more tired of Ogre's nonsense. And speaking of mysteries that get prolonged, Ongo is here and it looks like he's about to shoot Atushi, Ogre, and Kyoka to take them into the government. We already know that's not going to happen. I already spoiled that Ongo's not the one you need to pay attention to. And at least I can say the anime has done a good job prolonging that mystery. I mean, we see Ongo writing down stuff in the opening title sequence, and we see the sleeve of the author who was writing onto the page of the book as Gogol was committing the murder of the government executives. The anime has done a really good job of making Ongo the red herring to make you think he's the one who is behind all of this. And who knows, maybe the manga will do another twist and show he is indeed part of Decay of the Angel, but... For now, no, it's not him, it's Fukuchi who's behind all this. Now, whether he's the one who was writing on the page, I don't know, but it can't be Theodore, he's in prison, I doubt it's Sigma, and I doubt it's Gogol. By process of elimination, it's either Fukuchi or someone else he had as a subordinate to it. I mean, I know that Bram Stoker is his subordinate and is one of the Decay of the Angel members, but... Bram doesn't have arms or hands to write onto the page, and he's an exhausted boy who needs his sleep. Then again, it would be kind of funny if you just had Bram Stoker writing onto the page with the pen held between his teeth, but that's a little too silly. We can save that for a chapter of Bungo 1. In any case, with all that out of the way, let's just jump into what is... Can we be a bit of a bothersome episode for me to sit through? We begin this live reaction audio commentary to the newest Bungo Stray Dogs episode, that being episode 48 overall, season 4, episode 11, titled Jailbreak. I have today's episode pulled up and paused. You can watch this episode on the Crunchyroll website, then pause the episode before it starts. I will do a countdown, so after I finish saying 3, 2, 1, unpause... You can unpause the episode and watch along with my audio commentary. Everyone ready? Okay, starting the countdown. Three, two, one, unpause. Oh, wow, this just started really sad, but also hilarious, didn't it? No, I'm not lying. <laughs> Oguri is basically your typical graduate student, isn't he? Oh, God. I forgot about the washing machine instruction book. I don't remember him ripping it apart in the manga. That's a great addition if it wasn't there originally. I, I'm so glad Ogre exists, and 
nah, and now the sad part. This is why you don't kill the character off. He is such a good mix of the comedic and the tragic. <laughs> Again, the studio bones Atsushi's bud up in the air. How are they going to dub this and will they keep Ogre speaking German? I do wish Crunchyroll had translated it. It's like, just flat out put in the close in the subtitles, shouting in German, and then translate for the audience. I mean, come on. What I was going to say earlier with Ogre and why I'm so happy he is still here is that Ogre, it is hard to place who is the best new addition to this series. Oh, and let's see if we see the fifth hunting dog. Well, at least in that shot, no, they still keep Tachihara hidden. Sorry, I was talking over the first hunting dog image, so I'll have to go back and edit that in saying yes, they did or didn't show them. While I'm trying to figure out is who is the best new addition to this cast, and I gotta say Ogre, as much as I appreciate having Gogol here, who obviously is totally dead and won't come back just because Ogre, Yosano, and Kunikita all survived their injuries, Gogol is the chaos agent, and as much as I love his personality, I think you could have any other character fill the role. I'm also going to have to go back and see if they have Tachihara in his hunting dog outfit in that opening uh, roll call at the end of the opening. I didn't see his hunting dog hat. I did see his mafia bandage. I'm supposed to believe Fitzgerald is the one typing that and he didn't have Eckelberg do it. He's the inverse of Yosano. Yosano thought the agency wanted her just for her healing ability. Ogre here thinks they just want him for his intelligence, his information. I had a question from a friend a bit ago about would Rompo stick to just evidence or would he try other methods now this was just a mental exercise to say what if he could learn a weird skill such as magic or gain ability would he take it or would he depend on his own intelligence and information gathering and detective work and my attitude was yeah he would take any option he could after what happened with Theodore he's going to take any action he can to get out of this Rampa will take any opportunity he has now to win. He's not going to depend on only his skill set, as we see with how he 
decided I'm going to just blackmail Ogre with the manuscripts. The music remains on point, probably one of the best things about this anime. As well as the work they're pointing in on to Ogre's animation and his anger. That being said, I do wish they would allow the music to stop at some of these moments to let the joke land better. Right, like right there, laying the silence happening helps the joke. Rompo had to have trained Kyoka, hadn't he? Normies. They don't notice Atushi at the top of the stairs. This is just a stylistic choice. I get it, but jeez. And there's that revelation, so I'm glad we finally got it confirmed. I brought that up way back when we first saw Ogre being held captive by those criminals, so I'm glad we get the exposition here to point out it was actually the government holding Ogre and that he's the one who was erasing the evidence of Dazai's crimes. Even the Mafia fears them. Yeah, and then Mori just keeps blackmailing everyone to get his way. This man is way too smart for his own good. Also, you're now making Natsushi steal money. How dare you?
Eh, Kiyoka Ken. Atsushi doesn't seem to be doing well at even pulling his own leg out of the ground. I'm guessing none of them know Ongo's ability, but to be fair, neither did the readers until it gets revealed in around this episode. The tension is good here, albeit the animation isn't really doing a ton of the work. It is decent shots. I mean, maybe that was so that we're then surprised when it is Ogre realizing this is what Yoko Mizo talked about, about being in a locked room with no way to escape. Excuse me, the pronoun was she. Well, good thing Atushi can heal from a detonation, but Kyoka and Ogre can't. Although that does open the question, how did Ogre heal? This is something I'm waiting for. The only way Ogre could look that good after his capture is that he had to have been... There has to be a healer within the Decay of the Angel, the Rats, or the government. This also helps explain how was the government able to get Ogre back? Well, you're supposed to think it's Ongo. It's not. It's Fukuchi who had to have been pulling the strings to get him transferred back into the government. If Ogre doesn't end up in the agency, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, spoiling things a bit, Ogre, as a now in the manga, is hiding out at Poe's house. I just have to hope that we will get to see Ogre and Sigma become members of the Armed Detective Agency. I don't know what their roles would be in it, but it would just be hilarious to see the interactions. I've had a friend try to figure out whether there are ghosts in Bungo Stray Dogs canon. It's debatable. Between what we see of Yoko Mizo and Kyoko's mother, not impossible, but not likely. Ogre's Broken Ability Ah, 
I neglected to bring up, evidently before it was Kyoka who opened the sewer grate, not Atsushi. It is a question of whether Ango is this smart or, more likely, it's because of his ability that he was able to trace where they were at all times. So, I do want to say that's kind of cheap to let Ango's ability be what lets him win. That being said, it's not as if Oguri's ability itself isn't also a cheat. Well, they did hire Dazai. That was the biggest joke the agency ever had. Oh, for God's sakes, these ridiculous, hey, we're just going to do this as a little cliffhanger to trick you. Well, good news, Atsushi. You didn't land with your butt up in the air. The tiger going to the west? Heck of a literary reference there. Are they going to do it? Are they going to reveal how Dazai is sending these messages? I remember telling this to a friend before they got to it in the manga, and they just were like, this is so broken and so wacky, what is even happening? And it's like, yep. It does open the question how Theodore was getting one step ahead of Dazai where we are in the manga when we see Dazai pulled that trick. I must be getting this wrong. I thought Ongo was affiliated with the 7th, or that the 7th itself... 
when you had to explain to your girlfriend that you've been arrested by the police? We're really starting the credits this early. We still got plenty of time left. And again, so that points out, Ongo does know the 7th Agency, and he used them to hide Dazai's crimes. because Taneda told him to, and his own guilt. I did see a Tumblr post where someone said, are we going to get that flashback to the glasses clinking? And sure enough, we did. I do appreciate letting the dialogue do the work here about Ongo and Oguri wanting to protect their friends. So this does work. You're not getting the most dynamic animation or staging or storyboarding, but it is effective enough for what we have to communicate why Oguri will now trust Ongo. This also bothers me how this episode begins and ends with Ogre and shows that Studio Bones can make an entire episode just around one character, and yet they didn't do it with Kunikida, with Yosano. We really needed them to do it that way. And now he's sitting in the chair just like he was after Gogol shot at him. That is a good staging choice. Yeah, whoever heard of anarchy and erasing national borders? You're just going to get the worst people of the internet cheering on this kind of nonsense, and that's going to be a hard thing to sit through. 
Unfortunately, Google put doodles all over the other side, so we don't have that much room left. And then the series finale of DuckTales 2017 ripped off of Boongo's Stray Dogs. See, this is the thing, especially with the line about the word terrorism and me using the word anarchy, when actually what we're going to learn with what Fukuchi is up to this is just fascism. This isn't erasure of state lines. This is one person wants to control the entire world and will do anything he can to make order, impose order through fascism. It does demonstrate terrorism, anarchy being tools of fascists. I'm taking you a pose house and then we're going to adapt that for an additional segment to make up the runtime for an episode. Uh, I'm. I wish they had kept it like the manga did. In the manga, Lucy doesn't ask, are you okay? She just starts reassuring him and then Atsushi just loses it and it's just gleeful and she's like, I'm pouring my heart out to help you, and now you're just all fine and comfortable. It was a missed opportunity for that gag. The manga hasn't shown where that page is, and I wish it would, because now we're going to have that fight be over the page, and whoever gets it, I mean, I'm just spoiling everything, but this is your Puss in Boots last wish ending. Bungo Hound Dogs? Was that really the title in the manga? I'll wrap up there. Thank you so much for listening to today's audio commentary. Did you really expect Ango was going to turn over the agency to the government? Or do you think Ango may still sell out Atushi and company if it can help his agenda? Please let me know what you think in the comments section or email me derek.s.mcgrath at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this commentary, please consider contributing at coffee.com slash derekmcgrath or patreon.com slash derekmcgrath. Thanks to contributors Alec Roach, Emily Lauer, and Alexis Saran. Next time, I'm hoping we're going to get Sigma and the Sky Casino. Next time, we watch episode 49, season 4, episode 12 of Bungo Stray Dogs. You can listen to that new audio commentary Wednesday at patreon.com slash Derek S. McGrath or on Tuesday on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Until then, I've been Derek S. McGrath. You have a good day. Bye.